Hello, and thank you for listening in on our first podcast on a series dedicated to addressing the challenges and shifts in culture and work that will arise due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Our goal is to arm you with information to prepare our community for what is sure to be a new normal in the workplace. Today, we are joined by Sarah Molina, VP of Design and Development, and Paul Henry, Custer Design Lead and ProSci Certified Change Management Coach, to advise on workplace consideration and consultative services to help navigate transformation in the workplace. Hello, guys. Hi, Trisha. Hello. We are going to dig right into a couple of questions and answers. Everyone is wondering right now, what is it going to look like when we all do head back to work? Big picture, what considerations do you think are going to be at the forefront of business owners' minds? It's going to evolve over time, right? It's going to shift. So however we're discussing going back to work today is going to be very different than what it's going to look like next week or next month mm-hmm. or when we actually get back in these working environments and you know we're amongst one another and we have time to reflect on further changes and modifications to the workplace. I mean, right now we're just kind of, it's speculative. We, no one has a crystal ball, so it's hard to really define in words what exactly that's going to look like when it's ever going to be evolving. So it's a paradigm of workplace evolution. I think it's important to understand that it's not too early to start planning for how we can return thousands of people back to the workforce, back to the workplace, right? Um, Once the shelter in place ends. So there's going to be a number of things that we can implement. But some things we might need to consider at the forefront is going to be an individual's um, sense of safety, their sense of health and well-being, and their sense of feeling valued within an organization. If we align any design principles to those three priorities, we will be successful in transitioning individuals back into the workforce. All righty. So what are some things that business owners can invest in? to help their employees feel safe when returning to work in the short term. I think that business owners' biggest investment are their employees. So I think just reinforcing their investment with them by adding um, more communication, soliciting feedback from the users, making sure that um, their health and well-being is their utmost importance and, and making sure that they convey that to each of those individuals getting back there and really sharing with them what the plan is as they go back into their spaces. If there's new protocols that they want to implement here for health and well-being and safety, that they're over-communicating what those look like and, and why they're implementing them and, and making sure that each individual has a level of confidence and comfort as they're going back into the workplace. So looking a little further into the future with more time to implement change, how do you think this health situation right now will affect the built environment moving forward in the workplace. I think this is where we need to go back to those original priorities, right? An individual sense of safety, their sense of health and well-being, and their sense of feeling valued within an, a, a work environment. There's a couple of tips or tricks we can give our um, customers in terms of preparing for that shift. Um, one would be, you know, consider reducing the size of your conference room environment or the attendance to a conference room. Instead of having you know, a conference room that's at 16, maybe reduce that to 10, uh, allowing more space into, you know, between individuals around the table. Um, you might even look at 
alternative ways to set that room up to give a little more circulation, provide a little more personal space. Um, provide workers a sense of um, personal space, so separation. Kind of going back to there's probably no hard, fast rule here at this point in terms of those planning metrics, but considering that six foot boundary, is there enough space between individuals? Um, this can be difficult, especially if we've planned for benching, um, looking at maybe reorientation of those desking systems in order to provide a sense of separation, as well as to kind of deter people from facing you know, one another. Considering temporary partitions, maybe using creative solutions such as marker boards or acoustical panels, which can be easily moved. We want to provide elements that are going to create a sense of flexibility or agility, physical agility within space, um, so that when things start to normalize, um, you can easily reconfigure. Maybe reconsider use of hoteling or free address stations um, to be more something that's a little bit more um, reserved or reservable at this point in time so that you have opportunities to disinfect between use if individuals are transient and coming into the office from outside areas. Um, considering new protocols regarding, you know, um, digital presence. So ability to do remote work, whether you're using Zoom or Teams or any type of software, um, what type of technology are you using, software are you using to support that type of remote learning, remote training, um, mentorship and that I think most importantly, we need to kind of consider the um, mental health and emotional well-being of individuals. So considering biophilia as a healing element or a healing um, power of nature within the work environment, um, what does the introduction of biophilia look like? Um, this is something that was in the upward trend, but I think it's going to be a little more relevant now when we consider one's mental health and even providing spaces for meditation or um, reflection within the work environment where an individual can feel safe and have the ability to kind of reflect and then reboot their day before they begin again. And as you're talking about biophilia and just making everybody feel safe, kind of, you know, in their new spaces. So what, let's talk a little bit more about that. So what health and wellness effects or even like psychological effects will potential added privacy have on employees and, and even students in schools? And as designers, how do we address that with our clients from Custer? I don't know that it's, I, I don't know that it's even privacy necessarily as much as it is the idea of social distancing and what that means. We're, we like being with our friends and our family and our coworkers, and we like being close and, and collaborative with them. And, and we're going to run into potential restrictions with that as we go through this process and getting back into the, into the workplace. And, it's almost that isolation aspect of it. And what does that do? I think if we're able to incorporate more technology like we are right now with online meetings and things like that, that still gives us the face-to-face -face with, with our um, families and our team members um, and our coworkers. I also think that the built environment, we can, like Sarah was talking about, adding in those different elements that aren't necessarily a priority right now because we're we're focused on you know, max density, if we're able to incorporate more opportunities for open collaborative while um, providing space between people, I think that we can still create relationships and, and enhance those relationships in those environments. Yeah, we need to be able to bring people to together while also keeping them apart in a creative fashion. So, you know, reducing the sharing of resources, those tactile resources, things that we touch and share on a day-to-day -day basis, 
providing um, new ways to empower people to have choice and control over how and where they work within the environment. Um, those introduction of ancillary spaces, you know, spreading them out, creating a sense of personal space within the public space are all going to be critically important to design planning. So, okay, so Paul, you had mentioned technology. How do you feel that the situation will fast track more of a digital presence in the workplace? And how can businesses better design to prepare for that? I think that there's there's a better sense now than there was a month ago on on what um, impact face-to-face communication has with each other um, and how we interact. And I think that now that we're all working from our homes, or most of us are working from our homes, we've lost that. And the technology that we may have been uncomfortable with, the idea of having face-to-face that way, I think that that's brought uh, to the forefront now. And I, I think that incorporating the opportunities to use those in our workplaces, um, I think that that will help uh, usher in a new um, form of communication for technology and, and for companies to use their spaces. Uh, Sarah's talking about um, reducing this, the number of people in a conference room. Maybe that means I still need 16 people in that conference room. So maybe we have two different conference rooms and those rooms are linked digitally. Or if we've got remote um, locations, there's a better opportunity now for us to share more comfortably through that technology. Yeah. And that's something that like you guys are already, you know, in your designs for our customers, that's something that you guys are already doing. So let's talk a little bit just really quickly, kind of off the cuff here. When you're designing a space for a customer, you're thinking about those technology needs and you're, you know, you're thinking about our other, you know, customer services that we offer, which, you know, sometimes it's flooring and um, electrical and in this digital and technology. Are there any other ways that like you guys can be thinking about like surfaces and flooring and, and how we're designing spaces for our customers, given, you know, our other partner companies, like our surfaces going to have to be less carpet flooring and more like, you know, hard surface flooring and easier to clean. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah, I think antimicrobial textiles and surface materials play an important role here. So um, if an organization is already focused on that, I think cleanliness is going to be at the top of their, their, you know, important factors within building or, or reshaping their workplace environment. So um, requiring that we're using materials that support those needs, that help reduce the spread of germs within an environment, that help to create a sense of cleanliness and safety, um, while also taking in consideration those biophilic factors. So just because an environment is clean doesn't mean it needs to appear sterile. I think that's important. We need to continue to drive home the fact that we are not only um, providing a sense, you know, going back to those priorities, a sense of safety or a sense of feeling value. But when we look at health and wellness, that's both your physical and your mental state of well-being. So it's important to kind of have a good balance between those. So what do you say or what would you say, I guess, to HR professionals who will be looking for ways to enforce required change behaviors at work moving forward? Well, I think uh, the the big thing is really maintaining open communication between leadership and the employees, uh, making sure that everybody is comfortable with what the plan is. Uh, I think that there's a good opportunity to establish 
a variety of communication plans um, and ways to deliver messages so that everybody is seeing them more than one more than one way, just to kind of drive more security with that. Um, I think that it's also important for companies and leadership to understand what level of saturation their employees are at when it comes to change and, and the willingness to change. We were thrown into this all at the last second and all at the same time. So that's a pretty aggressive change. And that um, is something that some people and some companies probably have been able to adapt to a little bit easier than others. Um, so I think that understanding if there's going to be more change, which I would be shocked if there wasn't, how much more change can their their companies, their employees handle um, at one time? How can customers support community businesses once it is time to go back to work? Well, I think through our broad service offering, um, starting with um, workplace consulting. And workplace consulting doesn't only mean your standard typical workplace office environment that's uh, healthcare, that's education. It's working with a consultant to understand the needs and priorities of your organization and aligning those needs and priorities of your organization to the spatial needs and priorities. Um, we're able to do that across all, all environments through multiple vertical markets. Um, and change management, as we're talking with Paul, that's gonna be a critical factor in the success of these, um, these organizational shifts or change once we bring people back to work, making them feel safe making sure communication is clear and transparent from, you know, the leadership all the way through the organization, as well as then some of our, you know, our partner com companies, we're not only a furniture dealership, we don't, we not only have a focus on designing beautiful spaces, but we have um, the capability to build custom tailored solutions to support those spaces through creative innovation and design thinking. Um, we have the capability to ins install um, clean and, um, you know, hard wearing uh, floor products through our Century Floor Space um, Partnership Group, as well as the capability to, to fog environments to, again, supporting that cleanliness factor. I think that's something that um, not everyone is fully aware that Custer offers as a, as a service, um, as well as our electrical and technology division. So being, we're talking about digital presence and how technology is going to play an important role in the success of these environments moving forward and having virtual presence. Um, having a technology leader to help guide you through those solutions is going to be critical. So those holistic beta services is really what's going to be the key to success here moving forward in the future. So, and I know that this last question for you guys is a little preemptive because we're all just kind of navigating our you know, how things are changing so fluidly day to day. But in your expert opinions, how do you feel that businesses, healthcare systems and educators will come out of this for the better? What positive changes in the workplace do you think it will inspire? I think that one of the silver linings that we'll probably come to find here is a level of potential resilience each company has out there. I think that we hear regularly as we're, we're designing environments that you know, customers don't have the ability to work remotely. And we're finding out now that just about everybody's got some level of remote capabilities. And I think that lots of the companies that didn't think that they could handle this are finding that they're still able to um, be productive um, and, and keep moving forward. So I, I think that's probably one of the better things that we'll find out of this is, is the opportunity for adapting to the future um, and individuals and companies' level of ability to do that. 
I would add to that. I also think there's going to be an added focus on universal design and creating um, equality within spaces. Um, I think that's always been a central focus, but this is just going to put the microscope on it. Okay. So I'm a business owner, you know, here in West Michigan or, or Northeast Indiana. And I know I have to bring my employees back to work when all of this is said and done. So if I want to reach out to Custer and it, I want to contact how, what, what's next? What are my next steps? Well, we offer a free um, consultation, a free one hour consultation with any of our, our um, specialists or leaders within our organization for any service. So whether that's for workplace consulting, change management, um, or design, we're able to sit with you and really kind of uncover your needs before we begin. Sweet guys. Well, thank you for taking the time with me today. I really do appreciate it. And I appreciate you kind of, you know, educating the broader public on what it is that we can do to get everybody back into the workplace safely when the time comes. So I appreciate your time today. Thank you, Teresa. Thanks very much. Alrighty. We'll see you guys next time on the new Custer podcast. <laughs> I'm gonna have to find an ending for that. <laughs> no, that that sounded that sounded great. Totally end it like that. <laughs> no, That's I think so this funny. should be the ending, the rambling at the end. Yeah, yeah. it might it might be. <laughs> that means All right, guys. Cool.